The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Help! I need somebody! Help! Not just anybody! Help! You know I need someone! Welcome to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. Family caregivers don't have to be alone in their experiences. You will hear from experts and other caregivers facing the same issues that you may be facing. Now, here is your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Welcome to episode 206 of Family Caregivers Unite. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley, your host. After retiring from medical practice, I've become an activist for family caregiving. Our topic today is soul stories for creating a new perspective for family caregivers. Family caregivers care for family members living with physical and mental illnesses that can't be cured. Family caregivers care for family members living with permanent disabilities that they were born with. Family caregivers care for family members living with the effects of serious injuries. And family caregivers care for family members living at the end of their lives. The pressures of family caregiving on family caregivers are too often exhausting physically, psychologically and financially. Which is why our topic, Soul Stories for Creating a New Perspective for Family Caregivers, is so important. To discuss it, our guest is Alicia Howes. Alicia is founder of the business Your Soul Story, and she's an international soul connection expert. She's explored thousands of soul stories worldwide. Her own health crisis, maybe 14 years ago, led not only to her own healing, but also to a whole new way of looking at life as a healer, intuitive coach, and teacher. Exploring soul stories is the most effective tool for healing that she's encountered, and she's passionate about sharing it with others. With her, her intuitive insight, caring approach, and powerful guidance, she empowers her clients to start, expand, and end all kinds of chapters in their lives. She focuses on helping her clients connect to their authentic self, to author their stories, and to let go of all the stuff, that's her word, that stifles their joy. She sees her client's potential and shines it back to them with love, light, and often shared laughter. An experienced speaker and teacher to large and small groups, she loves to connect with people through radio, TV, and seminars. So, welcome to the show, Alicia. Thank you, Gordon. It's wonderful to be here. I'm very excited. (laughs) Now, let's start with the the big question, first of all. Please tell us more about your personal story. About your soul story? Oh, my personal story, yes. Um, 
Well, we touched on a little bit about um, how I came to be an intuitive coach, but I was actually always intuitive, and I associated my intuition and my gifts with um, things that, you know, seeing things that maybe I didn't want to see or didn't want to know. And so I remembered my intuition being associated with um, deaths or accidents rather than, you know, joyful events. So I started to see my intuition as something that was wrong with me and as a curse. And so to counteract that, I did everything I could to be a good girl. So I was a good student. I am the eldest of five children. I, I would spend weekends with my grandmother um, cleaning the school and looking after the priest because she was the priest's housekeeper. I did everything I could and went to university, got a job, management consulting, six figures. You know, I did everything I could to fit in. And... Um, I was getting more and more miserable and more and more <laughs> disconnected from why I'm here until my body started to talk to me and I, I ended up with a couple of conditions, one of which was incurable. And it was with that diagnosis, it, it wasn't life-threatening, but it was you know, just a prognosis of pain and no treatment. And, and it was that that uh, then you know, led me to look at other ways of working with my body. And my whole life transformed because this is why I'm here. I'm here to help others with working with energy in a different way um, and, you know, being the best we can be, whatever level that is for each one of us. Right. Now, why did you found the business, your, which is called Your mm. Soul Story? Why did you found mm. it? Well, first of all, I'm a mom. Um, I was in the corporate world until um, the birth of my son. And my dream, I've always wanted to be a mom. So as soon as my son came into the world, I was like, I'm not going back. So partly it was um, I, I wanted to step away from the corporate world and all the traveling and have more time with my family. Um, but I also knew that I wasn't meant to be uh, only at home, that my purpose my passion, my gifts are very much aligned with connecting with others and in some, some of the ways that we're doing today over the phone and in private sessions and coaching. So really it was, it was something I, I, I wanted to do. Like it wasn't for the money. It wasn't for um, anything that I can get outside of just the pure joy of it. <laughs> so your soul story was my way of sharing uh, the gift of the healing that I received in 19... 98 when I received my uh, sorry 2000 when I received my very first soul story reading and in that one hour my life completely changed I released all the pain from a miscarriage but also had the complete knowing that I was here to offer this kind of healing to others so my business is a way for me as a vehicle for me to do that and, and connect with others please tell us about the work of your business mm. I work primarily over the telephone, but I also do uh, in classes. And really, I, I connect with uh, either individuals in private sessions or now I'm moving towards a lot of group work so I can touch as many people as possible. And there's, there's a lot that we learn from each other. I mean, of all the places in the galaxy we could have chosen, we chose a planet with, you know, over 8 billion souls. So one of the reasons we're here is to learn in relationship to others and to see reflections of ourselves in them and vice versa. So having groups is a really wonderful way to, you know, to build on that anyway. Uh, so I do private sessions. I do coaching, series of coachings, and I do a lot of free talks. I like just to talk, as you may, some of your listeners may be realizing by now. Um, so I love to share and, and offer whatever I can 
to help remove um, the illusions, the blocks, the limiting beliefs that really are underlying uh, the restrictions, the constriction, um, and a lot of the pain that we feel um, at every level, um, including physical, but often very um, one of the hardest pains to move, I feel, are you know emotional pain and mental pain. And so the work that I do allows me to go in and, and guide my client or my student to shift their perspective and look at how the situation is serving them, how it's no longer serving them, and then help them to release it so they can start to look at it from a different perspective. Right. Now, I want to go back to something you said when you were talking really about your own life mm. and you were mentioning your intuition yeah. and you described it to us as a curse that is it was something yeah. that you wanted to move away from please yeah. say more about that well yes um well one of the um one of the ones that stands out most clearly for me is you know, I, I knew, I'm the eldest of five, my youngest brother is only seven years younger, but I was always kind of the mother figure and, you know, always the, you know, looking after them. And I knew with absolute certainty, I can't tell you how, that one of my brothers or sisters would be knocked down by a car, I knew the road, and I, every time I crossed this road, I lived, I grew up outside of London in a really pretty area in Essex, but every time I crossed this road, I would stop at the curb if I was on my own. And I would just pray. I would pray that they wouldn't be hurt. And that if somebody had to be hurt, that it would be me. And I wanted to take it on. And this wasn't because I was the, uh, you know, the good sister or just filled with compassionate love. This was me being terrified that I was going to make something happen and be the cause of this accident because I kept thinking about it. So I had this misaligned belief that because I could see and feel and know things, I was the cause of these mishaps or these circumstances rather than just picking up on opportunities or um, probabilities or um, uh, likely events. You know, it's not all predetermined. And uh, so that, that was one very clear memory. So when my uh, three-year-old brother was knocked down, uh, the, the, you know, and I, I wasn't there when it happened. I was told right within five minutes or so of it happening, I literally fell to my knees. I literally, I was 11 and I could not stand up. And I just remember going, oh, God, 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 please let him be okay. So the guilt, the overwhelming sense that I should have known better, I should have been able to help, I should have been there, was really distressing. Um, and, you know, even as I'm sharing it now, I think some of you might be able to feel how upsetting that was. And then my father, who was angry and upset and scared, found me and said it was my fault. So on top of all my guilt, I then had my own father telling me that it was my fault. And that was just his anger and his distress. It wasn't, you know, um, you know that he was a bad dad or anything. So uh, I learned to shut my intuition down because it really felt like something very scary and that was out of control and that, you know, inherently I was going to do something bad with it. It wasn't, I didn't see it as a blessing at all for a long time. And you've associated... Um, your intuition with feelings of guilt and feelings mm -hmm. of responsibility. Yeah. Just very quickly, I want to say to you that uh, we hear a lot about that sense of guilt that family caregivers have. Yeah. It may be that they feel that they're not doing enough or that mm -hmm. had they done something different, all this might not have happened mm -hmm. uh, and all those kinds of things. So uh. please just quickly say 
what you think about the sense of guilt that people do get and that you got. What about it? Oh, wow. Well, I work with a lot of people and I see, um, you know, four or five really common blocks that come up or um, limiting beliefs. And um, one of the biggest ones is that uh, inherently there's something wrong with us. I'm going to speak in first person right now just to hear. So there's something wrong with me. And we, we I, you know, I often, you know, we might feel that because uh, of the, the society we're born into, the religious upbringing maybe that we had, um, family beliefs, uh, the community that we grew up in, you know, the whole idea of a, original sin, um, you know, implies that there's something inherently flawed in our psyche and our makeup. And so we come in, many of us, not all of us, but many of us re- resonate with this idea there's something wrong with us, and we're going to have to do everything we can to fix this flaw, redeem our sins, um, and basically earn our way back to wholeness or to our idea of, of source or the God of our heart. And so when we, uh, when we have this um, perspective or these set of lenses on our eyes, as it were, that allow us to see, uh, that, that distorts everything so that we see flaws, we're looking for them in ourselves. And so everything we do, it doesn't matter how hard I might work or how many people I might help in a week. If I'm looking at myself and my life through that lens that there's something wrong with me, it never is enough. I'm never going to be able to do enough. I'll never have enough, and it's really because I'm not enough. And many caregivers I know have that sense of, you know, I'm not doing enough, I'm not helping enough because this person is still suffering. This person is still experiencing pain and limitation, and I can't take it away because I'm not enough. And so it really becomes, rather than honoring, and I know this might sound strange right now, but rather than honoring the choices and the experiences and the circumstances that that other beautiful soul has chosen for this lifetime, it becomes about how we're deficient, where we're lacking, and where we're wrong in some way. And it's one of the biggest delusions I I work with, and um, probably because I resonated it with, you know, I resonated so clearly with it myself. Right. Now, I'm going to stop you at that point because, first of all, we're going to talk more about those, those things, but also because um, we have to take a break at this point. Okay. So this is Dr. Gordon Atherley, and my guest is Alicia Howes. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety and Empowerment Channels and CJMP 90.1 Community Radio for Powell River. Please stay with us. We will be back. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Find out about new shows, featured guests, and what's up this week. Find us on Facebook by searching keyword Voice America. The incidence of autism has increased at an alarming rate. Approximately 1 in 150 children are affected by autism, giving autism the undesired ranking as the most prevalent childhood developmental disorder in the U.S. 67 children will be diagnosed today. That is nearly one child every 20 minutes. Autism One, a conversation of hope, brought to you by Enzymedica, hosted by Terry Aranga, illuminates how right now there is more reason than ever for individuals with autism spectrum disorders and their families to have the best hope for the brightest future. 
autism is treatable and given appropriate therapies. Children are recovering with well-known researchers and doctors, members of Congress, and expert service providers from a wide range of disciplines. Terry offers interviews and insights highlighting the progress in areas related to autism spectrum disorders such as biomedical research and treatment, communication, education, and behavioral modalities, sociological and philosophical issues, and legislative advocacy and insurance concerns. Autism One, a conversation of hope, broadcast each Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Autism One, a conversation of hope. Through education and conversation, there is hope. Do you know that over 70% of Americans with severe disabilities are unemployed? Are you one of the 2.5 million Americans with epilepsy? If you are or know someone struggling with these issues, tune in to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. On the show, Joyce will discuss these issues as well as others. She will have on nationally known guests that will offer helpful insight on disability matters and let you, the listener, call in with your questions and concerns. So if you struggle with a disability or know someone who does, listen to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. Heard every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time here on VoiceAmerica.com. What's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America show or host? For the latest news, visit the iRadio blog at iradioblog.com. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at familycaregiversunite.org. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Alicia House. Our topic is Soul Stories for Creating a New Perspective for Family Caregivers. So now let's talk about soul stories. Mm. Alicia, what is a soul story and how should our listeners think of it? It's a great question. Um, first of all, everyone has a soul story and everyone listening to this has a right access it and probably many of you already have but mostly unconsciously so your soul story is a record it's a neutral set of records that store for you all the ways that you use energy whether it's through your thoughts your words your actions your emotions and your choices and um it's not only from this lifetime, but any and all lifetimes. So there are soul stories at global levels, at country levels, um, and also for you as at the soul level. And as a soul, you, uh, you don't have to be limited to just one lifetime. And I can talk about that if you want to. But your soul story is really, so it's this wonderful record. Some people may have heard the term of the Akashic Records or the, the Book of Life in the Bible. And it's a way for you to look at how, you know, how you are evolving. What is it that you're learning? What are you ready to teach or share? What have you mastered? And it's a wonderful way for us to look at, you know, how are we doing in this life? And what would I like to do maybe next time? Or what do I want to adjust? And uh, I, I know that my own father once had this huge electric shock um, when he was mowing the lawn once. And he said that literally his life flashed before his eyes, like really key moments in his life. And that really was coming from his soul story, from, you know, the Akashic Records. So that's a very short version of, the, uh, of what a soul story is. I know that when I first started, I was so fascinated by all these past lives or the idea of past lives and where have I been and who have I known and why is this person in my life? 
But really, I feel that the power of this, this work and this energy is that it's about helping you live your best life here and now and guiding you, supporting you to your path of greatest joy. So, yeah, the past or the other things are fun, but really it's about how is that relevant to you today? You know, is that phobia related to another lifetime? And if so, are you ready to clear it? So it's a wonderful tool to shift things really quickly. <laughs> right. Alicia, on the suggestion that, or indication that you've just made, that in a way the soul story can help tell the future as well yes. as the past of the person, yes. please tell us how the soul story does that. And if you can, give us a couple of examples. Oh, okay. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, well, at this, really, there is, many of you have probably heard of this, you know, idea of there is only here and now, you know, the eternal now. And it's through working the soul story records that I've really got to feel this. I, re I don't know that I'll ever really encapsulate it fully until maybe I'm not in the physical form, but it's when I'm working with people I really feel that. But at the soul level, if you want to think of your soul as a beautiful sun, and you um, beam down a ray of light into this body, the one that you are occupying right now as you listen to this chat, and your soul is illuminating or radiating that physical form. And as you experience this world as an infinite being, exploring this physical realm, the finite realm, you're, you're growing in your understanding, you're growing in your wisdom, you're experiencing and developing new talents. And all of this um, is also then sent back to your soul. It allows you at the soul level to continue to expand and explore just as you are doing in the physical realm. And uh, the... Um, the, the, the best way for me to describe this future thing is that as a sun, you're not limited to one ray of light. You know, the sun can beam down many rays or beams of light, and you can actually be in many different times, spaces, dimensions even, and bodies at the same time. And I know that might sound really wacky, <laughs> but it wasn't until I was working in this for a while that I got to sense this. Because I'm, as I'm, when I'm working with somebody in this present life, releasing a pain or um, um, a limiting belief or even, you know, working on some physical issues. Uh, what I could see is how it was related to another lifetime. And as we shifted in this lifetime, I could see that other, the other story shifting too because at the soul level, these, both of these incarnations are connected to the same soul. And so um, that's true not only for past lives or other lives. It's also... Can, uh, true for those that we think of as being in the future. And when we work in the soul story records, I actually teach a class uh, where you learn how to open up your own records and you can actually go forwards in a deep meditative state, as it were, and connect to yourself six months, 12 months, 18 months from now and take a look around, you know, see what's changed. How have you grown? What wisdom have you got? Who are you hanging out with? And, you know, what relationships have shifted? And then you can bring that energy, that wisdom, all that understanding into your here and now and accelerate the actual uh, unfolding of that future path. It can shift in nanoseconds if you want. Most of us like the process of integrating a bit more slowly. Um, so uh, what's a good example of that I can share, uh, can share with you of that? Um, one example that's coming to me right now is another personal one. 
Um, after my miscarriage in April of 99, I was doing a class and I went on a walk until I felt differently. That was my destination. And my, what I found as I went on my walk is I could suddenly, and this is before I knew I was intuitive, by the way, <laughs> um, but I'm in the ma- middle of the mountains in Colorado and suddenly I can, in my mind's eye, I can see a baby. And I knew this was a baby boy. He was blonde. He was about three months old. I could smell him. I could feel him. I could, the warmth of him, I could see his tummy moving up and down. And I couldn't stop smiling. And um, I remembered that very vividly. A year later, in April 2000, my first child was born. He happened to be a boy, which was surprising to me. I was always convinced I'd have a girl. He happened to be blonde, which was very surprising to me because I'm brunette. (laughs) I thought I'd have a dark-haired child. And it wasn't until he was six weeks old that one day I was changing him, and I uh, looked around with my new nappy in my hand to turn back to him, and I'm like... (gasps) It's him. Like, I saw the baby. And he was a big baby, so he did look like he was three months old. And so at that moment in time, even though I wasn't consciously aware of it, um, when I was in pain and suffering and processing the pain of a miscarriage, I chose to walk until I felt differently. And what I did is I connected in through my records to a part of my future where my son would be with me. And although I didn't really fully understand it at the time, um, and now I'd go back, I'd go, oh, breathe that in, breathe that in. I would have accelerated maybe a few things and maybe have become pregnant the following months instead of two months later. But um, it all served and it's all pretty amazing. But, um, yeah, there is, it's, it's a very powerful tool and the shift yeah. uh, permanent, yeah. Now, I'm going to ask you a question about something that you write about called Hurdle to Happiness, but it's very clear from the way that you answered the last question, Alicia, that happiness Mm. uh, is a product, it's a key, and it's very much part of a soul story. So now you raise, in my mind, the question of what a hurdle to happiness is and what Mm. the tools are that you've developed to overcome Mm. such hurdles. Oh, it's a great question. Thank you. Uh, well, happiness, um, well, joy, let me start with joy. Joy, when I connect with people through their soul stories and connect to their souls, joy is the best word we have in the English language to describe the essence of the soul. And when we are aligned with our soul, we're always connected to our souls, but we don't always feel that sometimes. But when we're really in alignment and our connection is really open and clear, uh, joy is our signal that we're we're following our soul, we're listening to its whisper, and we, you know, we're, we're connected in that deep, joyful way. So happiness is, you know, is really a strong indicator um, that we're you know, living our purpose and our passion. And the biggest blocks to happiness are when we step into the world of illusion, which we designed, by the way, for ourselves, so that we could experience being infinite beings in the physical, finite realm. Without illusion, we would... We would we wouldn't be able to experience um, limitations because we're really infinite beings. Um, so w- when, when we experience illusion, we block that flow of joy or happiness. And uh, some of the biggest blocks, one of them I mentioned is that deep sense of unworthiness. 
that there's something inherently wrong with me or that I'm, not, you know, I, I'm never going to be able to do enough or make up enough. Another big fear is stepping into our power. And when I mention power, it's really uh, divine gifts, knowing what our gifts are, sharing them, using them, maybe even teaching them. Um, another fear is leaving our tribe behind. You know, what if we do follow our purpose and our passion and change so much that we don't fit in with our current tribe, our current family or friends or community? And then if they, if we don't fit in, will they still love us? And if they don't love us, then who will? So it's this fear of change. And then also that fear of if I change so much, I'll leave them behind. And if, I, if I'm not there to look after them, then who will? So, you know, there's this kind of pull, push and pull there. Um, and then the fourth biggest block is um, the idea of scarcity, that there's only so much to go around. And you only deserve so much in terms of happiness, so much health, you know, so much wealth even. That's a big one. Um, you know, all the ways that we limit resources in, that come into our lives. And the idea that is a, if there's a fair share, if I want more than my fair share, I'm greedy. And if I'm greedy, I'll be judged. And if I do take more than my fair share, then I'm taking from someone else. That someone else will suffer. So we're, we're kind of constantly battling through this kind of... Um, forest or jungle of illusions and as we clear our path as we clear these illusions um, and we get these um, bigger brighter perspectives joy or happiness is a natural byproduct of just being more aligned with the truth of who we are at the soul level and life becomes more an adventure rather than a constant struggle and life begins to have a sun that shines on it brightly is that right? Yes, yes, yes. It's like the sun peeks through those clouds and you can look up and just bask in that warmth and that glow. And I know what I'm saying might sound really um, superficial in a way. Like I know that many of your listeners are, you know, day in, day out, 24 hours a day, struggling with very, very, you know, looking after somebody who cannot do anything for themselves or, you know, that need a lot of support or, you know, it's a constant struggle. So I know that as I'm speaking, some of you may be going, well, she doesn't know what this is really like. But one of the biggest delusions that we have, and this will resonate, if you're a caregiver, you have, even though it may not have been a conscious choice, at the soul level, this was something you put into your blueprint, your design for your life. And to choose being a caregiver, whatever way it came to you, whether you're a nurse or a doctor or um, a spouse or a parent or, you know, a sibling, you know, however it came to you, then you have um, an energy of a healer. And right. healing can, comes in, yeah, it comes in many different shapes and forms. It's not always somebody with a stethoscope. Sometimes it's somebody with a smile or a hug, you know, or kind uh, words. I love it. Now, I'm going to stop you there on the smile and the hug, not the stethoscope, because <laughs> it, it is time for us to take the break. This is Dr. Gordon Natalie, and my guest is Alicia Howes. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety and Empowerment Channels and CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio for Powell River. Please stay with us. We're coming back. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Think of the world. 
50 years ago. Now think of this same world and how it'll be 50 years from now. Did you know that if the world's population continues to grow at its current rate, our children and grandchildren will only have 25% of the resources per capita that our parents and grandparents had? We must preserve the foundation of a quality standard of living. That foundation starts with Go Green Radio. Join your host, Jill Buck, for Go Green Radio every Friday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America. Ask Theo Live is talk radio like you've never heard before. Following her near-death experience, world-renowned author and spiritual medium Sheila Gillette became the direct voice channel for Theo, a consortium of 12 archangels. Through this unique channel, Sheila and her co-host Marcus Gillette present you with an opportunity to speak directly with Theo live on air on any topic you wish to discuss, including receiving authentic messages from deceased loved ones and angelic guides. Get the answer you need by tuning in to Ask Theo Live Talk Radio. Tuesday mornings at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at familycaregiversunite.org. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Alicia Howes. Our topic is Soul Stories for Creating a New Perspective for Family Caregivers. I want now to talk about soul stories and the tools that you, Alicia, Mm -hmm. developed for family caregivers, particularly family caregivers caring for family members with serious physical or mental illnesses, lifelong Mm -hmm. disabilities, the effects of serious accidents, or at the end of life. Mm -hmm. So, Alicia, what are the hurdles to happiness for family caregivers in those kinds of circumstances, and how can soul stories and the tools help mm-hmm. them overcome their hurdles? Oh, great question. I'll try to do this as briefly as I can. The biggest hurdle as caregivers is that we feel we're responsible for the happiness and well-being of our loved one. And the truth is that as an, you are an infinite being, you're a being of energy. Energy runs through every single cell of your body, and if your heart stopped, you'd probably get a defibrillator to shock you back. So that's your proof. You're a being of energy. And energy comes from source, and source is infinite. And so if energy comes from source and, you, and source is infinite, then you come from source, and you are infinite too. And many of us as healers, as caregivers, feel that, you know, we come here and if we perceive any sense of pain or suffering or upset, you know, as healers, we want to take that away. We want to heal it. We want to balance it. And um, energetically, we might try to absorb that pain from others, even though it's not ours. Or we try to do everything we can in our power to take that pain away or make things as good as they can be for the other. But this is the biggest shift. I would love for all of you listening to just breathe this in as deeply as you're able to right now. Just discard anything that doesn't resonate. But just as you are a being of infinite energy, so too is every other human being on this planet. And each one of you has chosen the circumstances of your birth, your parents, the time and place of your birth, 
so that you at the soul level could express whatever it was that you, your soul was calling you to share or teach or master. And you are not put here to fix a, a wound or redeem yourself or make up for past sins. You are not left here. You're not abandoned. You're not, you haven't been rejected. And none of us have been punished. We're all here because at the soul level we chose this particular body and this particular time and place. And it's our free will that brought us here. And some of us may choose certain circumstances that look horrific, devastating, catastrophic, you know. And, and it, it can really, from the human perspective, be overwhelming. And we want to take that away. But if you can allow yourself to just be with this perspective that each one of us is an infinite being, then you might be able to see that your loved one, the one that you're caring for right now, at some level they chose this. We may never know in the human form why, but they chose it for the evolution of their soul. Perhaps they wanted to master what it felt like to be completely powerless, that their limbs don't work and that they are completely dependent on another. And that was how they wanted to really master self-love and being supported by another. Right. And there Alicia, are so many ways. I, yeah, go ahead. I, Sorry. I was just going to say, I just want to move you on to another question that follows mm. um, from the question of happiness, um, which is, how do family caregivers know how much happiness they deserve? And how can sell stories and the tools that you've developed help them achieve the happiness that they deserve? Please explain that. Mm, okay. Well, first of all, we, we all, each of us have a divine birthright to limitless energy. <laughs> and energy can come to us in any frequency, whether it's health, vitality, um, joy, um, or even pain or suffering, like however we're choosing to experience it at the soul level. And so through the soul stories, what I'm able to do is look at what is the source of this um, block that you, you've put in place, this illusion that you're operating through that's preventing you from seeing clearly your greatest potential and your limitless possibilities. And when I'm able to do that and reflect it back to you, most clients get a tremendous validation. They'll say, well, I always knew that, or I always felt this. <laughs> so often what I'm doing, um, you know, is really helping them with something they already knew, but they had never told anybody. Um, and so through the soul story, I can really help you release the illusions. Um, let me just tune in right now to see if there's one of the biggest ones that you can do, even if you're not in your soul story, is look at a limiting mindset and rate it on a scale of 1 to 10. How much energy do I have tied up in, um, you know, I'm exhausted or I'll never be able to heal this person or um, I can never do enough or be enough, whatever the mindset is that you feel is limiting you. And then ask yourself, how has this pattern served me? Because it's been there in place for a while for a reason. But how has it served? Then ask, how is it not served? Or how is it not serving? And then look at, what a small mindset shift would be. So what is something that would feel a little bit better? And then ask, what would be a miracle-rich mindset? What is something that if I could adopt a new perspective, like I am here to explore my life in whatever way I choose, or I'm here to love and honor and share in whatever way I choose, whatever it is, then ask yourself what that is, and then how will life change? What miracles will occur? And then ask yourself, 
how you would rate your old mindset on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the highest. And I imagine, I've never had anybody not shift down, but even two or three points down on that scale allows you to free up so much more energy that you can then channel into looking after yourself, exploring your passions, maybe reading a book, (laughs) drinking a cup of tea, going for a walk, things that you don't allow yourself to do because you're overwhelmed with this burden or this guilt or the, you know, the complexities of looking after someone else. And you'll ask for help. You'll say, I really need a walk. Um, will you come over and so I can take a 20-minute block, you know, walk around the block or whatever it may be, whatever feeds your soul and allows you to experience more expansion. That's very right. brief. but <laughs> No, good, good. Yeah. Now, Alicia, how can cell stories and the tools help family caregivers achieve harmony in their relationships with the family members they're caring for? And if I could just add... That's more often a problem than I think any of us are really willing to discuss, and that is that mm-hmm. sense that um, all isn't harmonious in mm-hmm. our relationship with our family members, though mm-hmm. all should be. So how can soul stories and tools help there? Mm, that's a great question. And just by the way, even with healthy family members, things aren't as harmonious as we think they should be <laughs> or as, as we think we'd like them to be. But one of the biggest shifts is really understanding that we're all infinite beings and we've chosen whatever it is, even in the most limiting circumstances at some level, we chose them. And so knowing that, um, you know, that we're all here to express our own soul's purpose and potential and we can never do enough to make somebody else happy. That is always their choice. You know, who are we to decide how somebody else is going to live their life? or express their free will. So allowing yourself to step out of that idea that you are responsible for how somebody else chooses to live or the circumstances of their birth or whatever it might be, you know, an accident or, you know, however it is that they came into the situation. And instead looking at, you know, how is it serving them? What is it that they're learning at the soul level that they wouldn't have got in any other way? And just releasing yourself from the burden of that responsibility frees up so much energy that you can then start to look at how can you feed yourself? How can you nurture yourself first? And I'm sure all of you have probably heard that analogy, you know, on a plane, you put the oxygen mask on yourself first so that you can help the other before you pass out, basically. Um, so it's the same. Like as soon as you stop trying to always put oxygen on your loved one and you're kind of withering away and passing out, you're going to say, you know what, they, they're going to be able to, I can do this. I need to take care of these things today, and you can make your list of, you know, f- you know, feeding, chores, cleaning, whatever it might be, and then I'm going to build in this amount of time for me. And you might even have to ask somebody to help you with that, um, you know, enables for you to walk away and get that time and that space. But so many people want to help others. So many people who don't have loved ones who are in pain and suffering uh, want to help. That's part of our human um, uh, makeup. We came here on a planet with eight billion souls. We came here to learn through relationship. So many of us feel like we shouldn't ask. And it's, you know, who am I to ask for help? I've got to do this by myself. So I'm hoping that by some of the shifts that maybe you, some perspectives you tried on today, and understanding that it's not your responsibility, and and that it's okay for you to step away because this isn't all yours. 
and ask for help, even if it's just half an hour. You know, everybody needs time to themselves or a night off <laughs> or, you know, a week away. You know, I know that there are organizations that provide those kinds of services and are always widely available. But if they're there, take advantage of them. Now, what I'm wanting just to ask you very quickly is this. That liberation of energy that comes about because you're looking after yourself um, actually gets radiated back to the person you're looking after because Mm -hmm. you're able Mm -hmm. to do more for them, more efficiently, and because you're not undermining yourself. Is that right, Alicia, what I've just said? Absolutely. Um, <laughs> um, you know, how many of us, um, you know, put everything we can into our loved one? You know, for, for me, my example might be uh, a client. You know, I, I'm so, I used to be so feeling so responsible for if a client shifted or not or received a healing or not that I would write up, you know, half an hour of notes. I would call. I would check in. I would do prayers. And so one hour session was probably more like five or six hours. And it was exhausting to me. It was draining because in the end, I can't be more invested in somebody else's healing than they are. And so I began to get irritated and tired and headaches. And so that's maybe not exactly the same for your listeners today, but I know how many of you listening um, get really irritated or when the alarm goes off in the morning or you hear your loved one yell, you know, that they need help. How many of you go, you know, you know, want to swear or, or hit a wall or just go, I can't do another day like this. You know, we all have a breaking point and the breaking point is your sign that it's time for you to do something differently. You're not here to suffer. You're not here to limit yourself because your loved one has chosen that path for whatever reason. You need to put yourself first. And and as you do that, you will be able to greet your loved one with a smile and have more peace in your heart and just have more energy, well-being, and health. Right. Yeah. Okay. Now, again... Time goes very quickly, so it's time to take the break. So we'll do that now. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley, and my guest is Alicia Howes. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety and Empowerment Channels and CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio for Palm River. Please stay with us. We're coming back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Are you a business innovator or are you just sitting on the sidelines? Tune in every week for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Host Bonnie D. Graham talks to a cross-section of the movers and shakers who are leading by example. They will share best practices and innovative ideas to keep you thinking and moving along with the best. Join us for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP, Wednesday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Do the adventures of Indiana Jones leave you curious about this exotic and unusual profession? If so, don't miss Indiana Jones, Myth, Reality, and 21st Century Archaeology with Dr. Joseph Schuldenrein. 
You'll learn about forensics, ancient civilizations, and human origins. Listen to Dr. Schuldenrein and colleagues discuss their excavations and related archaeological topics, ranging from the unique to the sublime, and yes, even the mundane. Indiana Jones, Myth, Reality, and 21st Century Archaeology, live Wednesday, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific Time, on Voice America Variety. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to doc.com. G at FamilyCaregiversUnite.org. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Alicia Howes. Our topic is Soul Stories for Creating a New Perspective for Family Caregivers. I want to talk with you now, Alicia, about more things that you want to do with Soul Stories and Tools to help family caregivers and also to hear your message for family caregivers. So first question then is, what more do you want to do to increase help for family caregivers caring for family members with serious health challenges? Alicia? Mm. Well, I'd love to be able to offer more um more ways for the caregiver to put themselves first on a more frequent basis. <laughs> so, um, you know, again, you know, I, I've got um, some free tools and free talks that, you know, are easily accessible if anybody is interested in that. Um, but really just reminding everybody listening today that life does not have to be an endless struggle or a continual series of mishaps or accidents or, you know, when are things going to get better? Um, this really, you know, so much is shifting in our human consciousness right now and uh, things are evolving and we're all feeling that urge that, you know, I, I am sure that every one of you has felt like this can't be all there is to life or there has to be more. And I'm here to tell you that, yes, there is. Um, there is more. You are more than maybe anything you've ever dreamed of or imagined. And everything is still possible. And the more that you release your um, idea that you are responsible for the happiness and well-being of all of those around you, not just the one you're giving care to, but everyone, um, and, you know, how many of us feel guilt when we see somebody who's homeless? And then, you know, look at, you know, well, I have this and they don't have that. And, you know, some people who are homeless love that lifestyle. I know that might sound weird, but if you ever speak to them, some want that freedom. They don't want to be tracked by their social security number or national health number. And they want that freedom. And not everybody out there is a victim and they don't feel that either. <laughs> So the more right. that um, I can do to help people remember these truths, um, I feel like I'm living my purpose. It gives me great joy to see people shift and just uh, create more uh, expansion and allow themselves to dream. Our dreams are the, the time when we're closest to our divine self. But when we dream, we create literally something out of nothing. You know, how much more divine can you get than that? So all of those who, of you who don't have the energy to dream right now, you know, as you start to make some shifts, perhaps 
you can allow yourself to look at, you know, I'd like to have, you know, a date or a romantic partner or to go traveling at some point, you know, whatever it might be. Um, the dreaming is a really important part for all of us, especially for caregivers. Right. Very similar question next, which is what more do you want to do to increase help for family caregivers in understanding healing and improving their own health? You've dealt with part of that already, but I want you mm. to talk more about that because it really is crucial to increase their healing, their understanding of it, improving their own health. What more do you want to do? Oh, wow. Well, what's coming up right now is that understanding that we aren't just a physical body and we're not, um, in order to work with the physical body, we need to look at other energy levels. So our mental health, our emotional health, and our spiritual health. And the densest energy that we have is the physical. Um, but when, uh, when we look at clearing or healing or harmonizing or taking care of ourselves mentally, emotionally, spiritually, our physical well-being naturally uh, starts to kind of adjust too. It receives the benefits from these shifts. And so understanding that, uh, you know, there's only so much that doctors can do. You know, for example, if we had two patients with the same exact disease and prognosis and the doctors give them the exact same treatment and they have the exact same diet and the same, you know, um, chemotherapy or radiotherapy, you know, uh, uh, schedule, two uh, different people will have two entirely different experiences because they're not just... Uh, chemicals. They're not just cells. They're more than that. And so much of our healing depends on our mental, emotional, and spiritual being and the perspectives that we have on, you know, what else is possible for us? Um, what else do I want to accomplish? How else do I want to contribute? And even those of us who may not be able to speak um, I, I work in hospice, and you know, I, you know, there are many people who lose that ability to speak. Um, they can still communicate. Um, sometimes it might be very limited. Sometimes it might come just while you're sitting by their bedside, and the thought comes to you, like it's almost as though you just have an idea, like, oh, I think they want this, or I think this is what they would like, or they want some fresh flowers in the room. Like, we can always um, uh, communicate. It just might not always be through words that are easy to understand or through sign language that we can interpret. Sometimes it comes to us through our other intuitive language, our thoughts, our feelings, our senses, and each one of us has that. We're not all, you know, experts in it, but we have it, and we can develop that more. Now, something different. I want you to give your message to family families and family caregivers with family members with serious health challenges. That is to say, this is your last chance, Alicia, to convey to them what you really do want to convey to them. What is your message? Mm, thank you. Well, my message for each one of you listening is for you to remember that you are more than a physical body, you are more than a caregiver, and that you are more than a human being. You are an infinite being, a spiritual being who's chosen the human experience to explore and expand and master this physical, finite realm. And right now, part of your experience is doing that as a caregiver, but that's not all of who you are, and nor is it you know, the only uh, potential or possibility that you have. So I invite you to connect in with your heart now and ask yourself, 
What else do you want? How can you support yourself? What else is possible for you? And how can you begin? Alicia, that's um, an enormously powerful message in a whole range of ways, one of which is it matters, family caregivers, that you do look after yourselves in the way Uh that Alicia's been talking about, by releasing the sun, the energy, by looking Uh after yourselves. That isn't something, and I'm getting this from you, Alicia, that Mm. anybody needs to feel guilty about wanting to do because it actually makes them, maybe I can say this, better family Mm. Mm -hmm. And that's, I think, a profoundly important message, especially at a time when, with all the pressures and constraints and money problems and challenges of the healthcare systems, Mm -hmm. um, family caregivers are becoming more and more important. Yes. Uh, they're subsidizing the system through their efforts, and therefore looking after themselves is important in this way, which is that because they're not really recognized by the healthcare systems, mm-hmm. you know, they will be talked about, but basically they're not seen yet, I think they mm-hmm. will be, as yeah. members of the healthcare team, um, then they're kind of stood to one side. Therefore, nobody's really asking them, how do you feel? How are you? Mm. How are you coping? Do you need any help? Is there anything that we can do for you? Mm -hmm. Um, Which is what is going to help them fulfill the kind of messages, that, the kind of advice, the kind of things that you've been saying, which Mm. is look after yourselves. Take time. Take time to cause the sun to shine mm. <laughs> from your soul onto your body and to release the energy which then you can share with others. Um, so I want to say to you, Alicia, first of all, thank you very much for sharing with us this experience, your insights yeah. and your, your advice. And I want to wish you every, 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 every success in your work because it's important. And I'm going to invite our listeners to look at the um, place on the, on the web where they access this show where they're listening to you from because they will find um, details of how to connect with you to talk Uh, with you about the kind of things you've been talking about hear about you and um, you know maybe use your services and I would also like to say to our our listeners um, I'm open to hearing from you not only comments about this episode, but also about your ideas for topics related to this one or others, or even to hear from you if you're interested in being a guest on the show. So I want to just give you a quick uh, commercial for our next um, episode, which is the role of the Roman Catholic faith in family caregiving. So please join us. Same time, same spot on the internet. Talk to you then. Thank you again for joining us this week for Family Caregivers Unite with your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. And until then, we hope our program will help make the coming week easier and more hopeful. And I do appreciate you being around. 
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 